Chapter Four of At the Foot of the Rainbow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. At the Foot of the Rainbow by Jean Stratton Porter. Chapter Four. When the Kingfisher and the Black Bass came home. Criminy, but you were slow. Jimmy made the statement, not as one voices a newly discovered fact, but as one iterates a time-worn truism. He sat on a girder of the Limberlost Bridge, and scraped the black muck from his boots in a little heap. Then he twisted a stick into the top of his rat-sack, preparatory to his walk home. The ice had broken on the river, and now the partners had to separate at the bridge, each following his own line of traps to the last one, and return to the bridge so that Jimmy could cross to reach home jimmy was always waiting after the river opened and it was a remarkable fact to him that as soon as the ice was gone his luck failed him this evening the bag at his feet proved by its bulk that it contained just about one half the rats danny carried i must set traps in my own way answered danny calmly if i stuck them into the water only way and went on so would the rats a trap is no trap unless it is concealed that's it go on and give me a sermon urged jimmy derisively who's got the bulk of the rats all winter the truth is that my side of the river is the best catching in the extreme cold and you get the most after the thaws begin to come the rats seem to have a lot of burrows and shift around among them one time i'm ahead and the next day they go to you but it don't mean that you are any better trapper than i am i only got seven tonight that's a sweet day's work for a whole man fifteen cents apiece for seven rats I've a big notion to cut the rat business and compete with Rocky and I'll. Danny laughed. Let's hurry home and get the skinnin' over before nicked, he said. I think the days are growing a little longer. I seem to scent spring in the air today. Jimmy looked at Danny's mud-covered wet clothing, his blood-stained mittens and coat back, and the dripping bag he had rested on the bridge. I've got some music in me head and some action in me feet, he said, but I guess God forgot to put much sentiment into my heart. The breath of spring never got so strong with me that I could smell it above a bag of muskrats in me trapping clothes. He arose, swung his bag to his shoulder, and together they left the bridge and struck the road leading to Rainbow Bottom. It was late February. The air was raw and the walking heavy. Jimmy saw little around him, and there was little Danny did not see. To him, his farm, the river, and the cabins in Rainbow Bottom meant all there was of life, for all he loved on earth was there but loafing in town on rainy days when danny sat with a book hearing the talk at casey's at the hotel and on the streets had given jimmy different views of life and made his lot seem paltry compared with that of men who had greater possessions on days when jimmy's luck was bad or when a fever of thirst burned him he usually discoursed on some sort of intangible experience that men had which he called seeing life his rat bag was unusually light that night and in a vague way he connected it with the breaking up of the ice when the river lay solid he usually carried home just twice the rats danny had and as he had patronized danny all his life it fretted jimmy to be behind even one day at the traps be jesus i get tired of this he said always and forever the same thing i cape go on this trail so much that i got a speakin acquaintance with meself some of these days i'm going to take a trip and have a little change i'd like to see chicago and as far west as the middle anyway well you canna go said danny you mind the time when you were married and i thought i'd best be away and packed my trunk when ye and mary caught me ye got mad as fire and she cried and i had to stay just ye try goin and i'll get mad and mary will cry and you will stay home just like i did there was a fear deep in danny's soul that some day jimmy would fulfil this long-time threat of his 
i didn't think there was ony place in all the world so good as the place ye own danny said earnestly i didn't care a penny what anybody else has probably they have what they want what i want is the land that my father owned before me and the house that my mither kept and they'll have to show me the place they call eden before i'll give up that it beats rainbow bottom summer autumn or winter i didn't give twa hopes for the palaces men rig up or the thing they call landscape gardening when did men ever compete with the work of god all the men that have peopled the earth since time began could have had their brains rolled into one and he would stand helpless before the autonomy of one of the rats in these bags the thing god does is good enough for me why don't you take a short cut to the maiden house inquired jimmy because i would have nothing to say when i got there retorted danny i've a meetin house of my ain and it just suits me and i've a god too and whether he is spirit or essence he suits me i dinna want to be held to sharper account than he faces me up to when i hold communion with myself i dinna want any better meetin house than rainbow bottom i dinna care for better talkin than the tongues in the trees sounder preachin than the sermons in the stones finer readin than the books in the river no nor better music than the choir of the birds each singin in its ain way fit to burst its leetle throat about the mate it won the nest they built and the babies they are raising that's what i call the music of god spontaneous and the soul of joy give it to me every time compared with notes from a book and all the fine places that the wealth of men ever evolved wouldn't begin to compare with the work of god and i've got that around me every day but i want to see life wailed jimmy then open your eyes mon for the love of mercy open your eyes there's life sailing over your head and that flock of crows going home for the night why dinna ye or some other mon fly like that there's livin roots and seeds and insects and worms by the million wherever you are setting foot why didn't ye creep into the earth and sleep through the winter and renew your life with the spring if you'd stayed by the books as i begged ye there now would be that in your head that would teach ye that the old story of the rainbow is true there is a pot of gold of the purest gold ever smelted at its foot and we've been born and own a good livin wrecked there and the gold is there that i know wealth to shame any bilious millionaire and both of us missin the pot when we hold the location you've the first chance mon for in your life is the great prize mine will forever lack i canna get to the bottom of the pot but i'm going to come as close to it as i can and as for ye empty it take it all it's yours it's for the mon who finds it and we own the location aha we own the location repeated jimmy i should say we do behold our hotbed of riches i often lay awake nights thinking about my attachment to the place how dear to me heart are the skeins of my childhood fondly gaze on the cabin where i'm doomed to dwell those chicken coop them pig pen these highly piled wood around which i've always raised hell jimmy turned in at his own gate while danny passed to the cabin beyond he entered set the dripping rat bag in a tub raked open the buried fire and threw on a log he always ate at jimmy's when jimmy was home so there was no supper to get he went out to the barn wading mud ankle-deep fed and bedded his horses and then went over to jimmy's barn and completed his work up to milking jimmy came out with a pail and a very large hole in the bottom of it was covered with dried dough jimmy looked at it disapprovingly i bought a new milk pail the other night i know i did he said mary was kickin for one a month ago and i went after it the night i met reuben okayum now what in the nation did i do with that pail i have wondered myself answered danny as he leaned over and lifted a strange-looking object from a barrel this is what you brought home jimmy jimmy stared at the shining battered bullet-punctured pail in amazement slowly he turned it over and around and then he lifted bewildered eyes to danny 
are you foolin he asked did i bring that thing home in that shape honest said danny i remember buying it said jimmy slowly i remember hanging on to it like grim death for it was the one excuse i had for going but i don't just know how slowly he revolved to the pail and then he rolled over in the hay and laughed until he was tired then he sat up and wiped his eyes great day what a lot of fun i must have had before i got that milk pail into that shape he said dumbed if i don't go straight to town and buy another one yes be dad i'll buy two in the meantime danny milked fed and watered the cattle and jimmy picked up the pail of milk and carried it to the house danny came by the woodpile and brought in a heavy load then they washed and sat down to supper seems to me you look unusually perky said jimmy to his wife had any good news splendid said mary i am so glad and i don't believe you two stupids know you never can tell by looking at me what i know said jimmy when i look the wisest i know the least when i look like a fool i'm thinking like a philosopher give it up said danny promptly you would not catch him knowing anything it would make mary's eyes shine to tell sap is running announced mary the devil you say cried jimmy it is beamed mary it will be full in three days didn't you notice how green the maples are i took a little walk down to the bottom to-day i never in all my life was so tired of winter and the first thing i saw was that wet look on the maples and on the low land where they are sheltered and yet get the sun several of them are oozing grand cried danny jimmy we must peel those rats in a hurry and then clean the spiles and see how many new ones we will need to-morrow we must come for the traps early and look up our troughs oh for pity's sake don't pile up work enough to kill a horse cried jimmy ain't you ever happy unless you are working yes said danny sometimes i find a book that suits me and sometimes the fish bite and sometimes it's in the air get the condenser said jimmy and that reminds me mary danny spelled spring in the air to-day well what if he did questioned mary i can always smell it a little later when the sap begins to run in all the trees and the buds swell and the ice breaks up and the wild geese go over i always scent spring and when the catkins bloom then it comes strong and i just love it spring is my happiest time i have more news too don't spring so much at once cried jimmy you'll spoil my appetite i guess there's no danger replied mary there is said jimmy at last in the fore section appa is french and means eatin tight is irish and means drinkin appetite means eatin and drinkin together tight means drinkin without eatin see i was just going to mention it myself said mary it's where you come in strong there's no danger of anybody spoiling your drinkin if they could interfere with your eatin you guess danny the dominic hen is setting ventured danny and mary's face showed that he had blundered on to the truth she is affirmed mary pouring the tea but it's real main of ye to guess it when i've so few things to tell she's been settin two days and she went over fifteen fresh eggs to-day in just twenty-one days i will have fifteen the cunningest little chickens you ever saw and there is more yet i found the nest of the gray goose and there are three big eggs in it all buried in feathers she must have stripped her breast almost bare to cover them and i'm the happiest i've been all winter i hate the long lonely shut-in time i am going on a delightful spree i shall help boil down sugar water and make maple syrup i shall set hens and geese and turkeys i shall make soap and clean house and plant seed and all my flowers will bloom again goody for summer it can't come too soon to suit me lord i don't see what there is in any of those things said jimmy i've got just one sign of spring that interests me if you want to see me caper somebody mentioned to me the first rattle of the kingfisher 
when he comes home the house cleans in his tunnel in the embankment and takes possession of his stump in the river the next day the black bass locates in the deep water below the shoals then you can count me in there is where business begins for jimmy boy i am going to have that bass this summer if i don't plant an acre of corn i bet you that's the truth said mary so quickly that both men laughed ahem said danny then i will have to do my ploughing by a head like so i can fish as much as you do in the daytime i hereby make enact and enforce the law that neither of us is to fish in the bass hole when the other is not there to fish also that is the only fair way i've as much wreck to him as you have of course said mary that is a fair way make that rule and keep it if you both fish at once it's got to be a fair catch for the one that lands it but whoever catches it i shall aid it so it don't matter much to me you ate it howled jimmy i guess not not a taste of that fish when he's teased me for years he's as big as a whale if jonah had had the good fortune of falling in the wabash and being swallowed by the black bass he could have ridden from peru to terre haute and suffered no inconvenience making a landing seven pounds he'll weigh by the steel-yard i wager you five jimmy five corrected danny seven shouted jimmy ain't i hooked him repeated ain't i seen him broadside i wonder if them dumb lines of mine have gone and rotted he left his supper carrying his chair and standing on it he began rummaging the top shelf of the cupboard for his box of tackle he knocked a bottle from the shelf but caught it in mid-air with a dexterous sweep spirits are a-movin cried jimmy as he restored the camphor to its place he carried the box to the window and became so deeply engrossed in its contents that he did not notice when danny picked up his rat-bag and told him to come on and help skin their day's catch mary tried to send him and he was going in a minute but the minute stretched and stretched and both of them were surprised when the door opened and danny entered with an armload of spiles and the rat skinning was all over so jimmy went on unwinding lines and sharpening hooks and talking fish while danny and mary cleaned the spiles and figured out how many new elders must be cut and prepared for more on the morrow and planned the sugar-making when it was bedtime and danny had gone and jimmy and mary had closed their cabin for the night mary stepped to the window that looked on danny's home to see if his light was burning it was and in clear rays stood danny stripping yard after yard of fine line through his fingers and carefully examining it jimmy came and stood beside her as she wondered why the dumb son of the rainbow he cried if he ain't testing his fish lines the next day mary malone was rejoicing when the men returned from trapping and gathering and cleaning the sugar water troughs there had been a robin at the well cape your eye on mary advised jimmy if she ain't watched close from this time on she'll be settin hens in snowdrifts and pourin billin water on the daffodils to sprout them on the first of march five killdeers flew over in a flock and a half hour later one straggler crying piteously followed in their wake oh the main things almost sobbed mary why don't they wait for it she stood by a big kettle boiling syrup at the sugar camp and almost helpless in jimmy's boots and danny's great coat jimmy cut and carried wood and danny hauled sap all the woods were stirred by the smell of the curling smoke and the odor of the boiling sap fine as the fragrance of flowers bright-eyed deer mice peeped at her from under old logs the chickadees nuthatches and jays started an investigating committee to learn if anything interesting to them was occurring one gaily dressed little sapsucker hammered a tree nearby and scolded vigorously. Right you are, said Mary. It's a pity you're not big enough to drive us from the woods, for into one kettle goes enough sap to last you a lifetime. The squirrels were sure it was an intrusion, and raced among the branches overhead, barking loud defiance. At night the three rode home on the sled, with syrup jugs beside them, and Mary's apron was filled with big green rolls of pungent woolly dog moss 
Jimmy built the fires, Danny fed the stock, and Mary cooked the supper. When it was over, while the men warmed chilled feet and fingers by the fire, Mary poured some syrup into a kettle, and just as it was sugared off, she dipped streams of the amber sweetness into cups of water. All of them ate it like big children, and oh, but it was good. Two days more of the same work ended sugar-making, but for the next three days Danny gathered the rapidly diminishing sap for the vinegar barrel. Then there were more hens ready to set. Water must be poured hourly into the ash hopper to start the flow of lye for soap-making and the smokehouse must be gotten ready to cure the hams and pickled meats so that they would keep during warm weather the bluebells were pushing through the sod in a race with the easter and star flowers one morning mary aroused jimmy with a pull at his arm jimmy jimmy she cried wake up do you mane wake up or get up asked jimmy sleepily both cried mary the larks are here a little later jimmy shouted from the back door to the barn danny do you hear the larks you bet i do answered danny heard and going over in the night how long is it now till the kingfisher comes just a little while said jimmy if only these march storms would let up stead of down he can't come until he can fish you know he's got to have crabs and minnies to live on a few days later the green hylas began to pipe in the swamps the bullfrogs drummed among the pools in the bottom the doves cooed in the thickets and the breath of spring was in the nostrils of all creation for the wind was heavy with the pungent odors of catkin pollen the spring flowers were two inches high the peonies and rhubarb were pushing bright yellow and red cones through the earth the old gander leading his flock along the wabash had hailed passing flocks bound northward until he was hoarse and the brahma rooster had threshed the yellow dorkin until he took refuge under the pig pen and dare not stick out his unprotected head the doors had stood open at supper time and danny stayed up late mending and oiling the harness Jimmy sat by, cleaning his gun, for to his mortification he had that day missed killing a crow which stole from the ash-hopper the egg with which Mary tested the strength of the lie. In a basket behind the kitchen stove fifteen newly hatched yellow chickens with brown stripes on their backs were peeping and nestling, and on wing the killdeers cried half the night. At two o'clock in the morning came a tap on the Malone's bedroom window. "'Danny?' questioned Mary, half-startled. "'Tell Jimmy!' cried Danny's breathless voice outside. "'Tell him the kingfisher has just struck the river.' Jimmy sat straight up in bed. Then glory be, he cried, tomorrow the black bass comes home. End of chapter 4